You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunnyside Up. I'm your host, Mark Bedard. Today, super excited to talk with David Johnson on how to achieve authenticity in sales. This is something near and dear to my heart as well. With over 15 years of staffing and leadership success, ranging from healthcare to logistics, Dave has strategic experience helping clients develop and customize solutions best suited for their needs. Currently serving as a managing vice president of national sales, Dave helps support large enterprise sales over at Ronstead. Dave, incredibly excited to have you on the show, man. Welcome aboard. Likewise, Mark. Really uh, excited to be here and, and tackle this subject. It's it, like I said in the evening, I couldn't even wait, right? This is really near and dear to my heart as well because I feel there's so much, um, I don't want to say dishonesty, but not a lot of folks not being genuine in, in trying to help their customers and, and trying to achieve authenticity. So uh, I, I couldn't be more excited to dive in with you. But I, I guess like prior to even talking about the meat of the concept, how can we help the audience, or I guess, let me rewind. Why is it even important in the first place? Why are we even talking about it? Uh, so, you know, especially as a sales professional, you know, the, I don't think there's really much more of a, a topic that is going to be as impactful for this in, in what we do, you know, as a profession. I mean, you said it in the opening, you know, the, the negative connotation or, um, I mean, I, I think it's funny you even see it in, uh, titles of individuals who are out there, you know, in the sales world, but they want to call themselves anything but salespeople, which is unfortunate because, you know, I, I do value the, the role of a salesperson uh, for an organization and, you know, for a customer, right? It's, it's an incredibly important role if done properly to really help a partnering organization uh, solve the problems that, that they really have challenges or, or needing help to solve. So it's important not only for that, but for the, the, the reasons that led to, um, you know, the call. And, you know, us as salespeople, it's almost like we're underdogs from the start. Um, you know, when we go in, there, there's always that first, um, you know, look at a salesperson, you know, are, are they trying to sell me more than I need? Um, you know, are they really in it for the interest of our organization? You know, are, are they really trying to push a product or service? And so there, there's always that that hedge, even walking in uh, to a, an initial call or a meeting that I think we have to come as, as overcome as sales professionals. Um, and you know, really being authentic in that approach is going to be that first step to gaining trust. Gaining trust. I, I think it's a theme that continues to come up and I don't see it going away anytime soon. It's funny when we look at the industry changing. Back in the day, uh, I think buyers, especially on the B2B side, 
they they wanted to talk to a salesperson, right? Put me in contact with the sales guy. I want to understand this better. I want to I want to partner with the organization. Mm-hmm. So much of the research is done nowadays prior to even having a conversation with the organization. I can't remember the stat. You maybe have it off the top of your head, Dave, but I think it's somewhere around seventy percent of the of the buying research is is done, especially in the B two B world, prior to even interacting with that company. You know, gaining trust is such a, a key element to uh, a successful sales individual and really moving someone through that process. It's a tough thing to achieve though. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I do it, you do it. I think we all do it in our own practical lives. Um, we do as much research as we can on a product or service that we're, that we're needing. Um, but if you really, I think are honest with yourself, you know, especially when it comes to maybe some more complex, uh, decisions that either you as an individual or as an organization need to make, uh, you, you're really going to rely on the expertise um, to to help you navigate or shift through the the, the sea of products and services uh, to really understand if, if the one you're selecting, it, again, is going to help to solve the problem that, that you're looking to solve. Or even if it's not a, a, a problem, you know, even on, you know, we have instances where we're going and, and trying to procure and, and purchase something that's going to bring us joy. And how disappointing is it when you go, you buy a, a vacation or a home you know, appliance and you end up making the wrong decision for something that was supposed to bring you joy. Um, and it, it just leaves you with an icky feeling. I mean, that's that's a kind of a, a personal outlook. And then from a, you know, a business perspective, you know, obviously, you know, if, if you're needing to make a shift in uh, for your organization, um, you know, the ramifications can, you know, compound, you know, you know, down the line, not only for your role, but, but how is it going to impact uh, your overall business? Absolutely. So let's, let's dive in, I guess, to the meat of it, right? Obviously, it makes sense. We all want to be uh, we want to gain the trust of our of our customers and our prospects, and and from a really an authentic perspective, right? I mean, we want to partner with those organizations. Uh, it's a it's a two way street. It's not just a one way street. So, wh- I guess, what are the elements that we should be looking at, or how should we uh, be thinking about this as as we frame this conversation? Great question. Um, so, as, as we frame it up, you know, I, I also want to put a disclaimer out or, or really the, I think the overlying, you know, thought to the elements is also intent. You, I, I think as sales professionals, certainly if you're a, a sales professional that is motivated enough to listen to a podcast, uh, somewhere down the road, you, you've probably had, you know, some, some great sales training or you've read a book or your organization has put you through. So a lot of, I think of what the elements are, that go a long way in achieving, you know, authenticity, you might already know. But I, I think what a challenge I would put out there is, you know, are you doing it, you know, with intent? Um, and I like to start it out with it, when I talk to individuals on, on our team, um, as we're going through pipeline calls or we're talking about new opportunities, we, we get caught up in describing the opportunity and why the client or prospect is good for us. What I like to always challenge or take a step back and say, you know, why are we good for them? You know, and, and to do that, I think we go to the, some of the, the basic building blocks of 
uh, sales practice, you know, really intent your pre-call sales work, you know, as you're, you're, you're looking um, for information on the customer or the individual, you know, what are you looking for? Are you looking for icebreakers or are you looking for, you know, how their business is being impacted? Um, you know, what is their organization going through? You know, where is this individual, you know, within the framework? You know, so I, I think it's really intent uh, from a pre-call you know, perspective. You know, when you're when you're looking at, you know, how do we want to you know, really frame up the conversation with the prospect, uh, and you know, really what are going to be the the follow-up questions or comments to that framework, and that kind of leads to one of the next elements, and and that's really the the insight, the discovery and the impact of the conversation. And then finally, you know, how are we validating that? So, you know, I, I would say those are the elements um, and we can certainly dive into uh, each of them, you know, particularly and how that might, you know, further uh, impact, you know, the, the sales process or, or really, you know, how are we gaining the trust of the customer in, in really being authentic um, you know, with ourselves and, you know, with the prospect. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I was reading a, an article pretty recently, I think it was by Trust Radius, and they were talking about, um, you know, th- there's a gap there between, I can't remember the stats off the top of my head, it was somewhere around 85% of vendors uh, say that they tried to be very clear about where their product falls short and where it, it, it uh, can succeed. But on the flip side of it, Again, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was some something like thirty something percent of buyers actually felt that um, the vendor was forthcoming about their own product when it would be a good fit or not a good fit. So there's definitely this this big gap um, in the market, and I like how you've broken it down, where you're taking it from the almost three different stages there of the buying cycle, if you will, um, and it starts obviously early on in the conversation with with even before the conversation, right? You're talking about pre-sales work. So like, talk to me more about that. How can we, how can we be more authentic and gain trust of our, of the people we're talking to even prior to talking to them? Right. So yeah, I, how lucky are we to live in the age that we do? Um, you know, even when I first started out and, and for those uh, men and women that laid the foundation of sales before us, it, this was a pretty difficult category, um, but now it's it's really not. I mean, I think we could list off, you know, a, a dozen, you know, from from LinkedIn to Zoom Info to Hoover's, you know, so many different avenues to where we can gain insight of not only an organization, but also the individuals that uh, that we're looking to then engage with, and. It's not from, you know, a place other than, you know, again, trying to be authentic. I think if you can better understand who you're going to, to talk to, you're going to better be able to understand how to talk to them. It's not going to make a lot of sense for me to approach, um, you know, someone who has a buying style or a, a discussion style that is very different than another individual. You it's not going to resonate. We're not going to be able to 
really get to the meat and potatoes of the challenges that they're having. Because a lot of it too, in sales, we see this all the time. We're often getting surface level um, challenges that the organization's going through. So I think you, th- that gets into the next element too. We'll talk about that. But back to the you know the pre-work of it is you that's the data that we're looking for that's the the style and the persona you know how can we approach um not just the sales but the individual you know another thing that that i would you say to the the audience and and you be yourselves we hear it all the time i think a lot of times um when we're going out and you know talking to a prospect or engaging in the sales process Sometimes they're getting to meet our representative of the company that we represent, which if you're not comfortable and it it shows. Right. And so I think that also leads to, um, you know, not coming across, you know, as authentic, even if your intent is, you know, so that goes back to the pre-sales work and and understanding who you're talking to, you know, so that you can be comfortable, uh, you know, heading into that conversation. Got it. Makes sense. Obviously, it's it's what we hear a lot as sales professionals, right? You do do the work prior to, you know, mm-hmm. do your due diligence. Try to, you know, do your best toward uncovering um, what might be the root cause of a lot of the uh, the conversation that you're having, right? The problems that you're hearing. So, uh, makes a lot of sense. I think you're right, though. You know, the the times really have changed pretty drastically. Obviously, uh, now versus you know ten years ago. Even the amount of tools and the amount of intelligence that we have at our fingertips is is pretty drastically different, um, you know. So I, I think it's more complex from one perspective, right? There's so much out there, so much info. But on the flip side of the coin, you know, I think we all have to be better and, and be uh, yeah, more sophisticated in terms of how we actually leverage that intelligence. Absolutely. Because because what it really does, it, it, it paves the way and it allows you to have a genuine conversation, uh, you know, to to understand, you know, w- what we really need to talk about. And and you get a lot of the the miscommunication or misunderstanding out of the way. Um, that's another real advantage of, I think, being authentic and, and connecting with the, the customer is that, you know, there there's no there's no misunderstanding of, of what you're there to really you know, discuss. And, you know, I think that again, boils back to, you're not going to get there without, you know, starting to pave the way of trust. I love it. It's a great foundation, obviously. So then, then that, I mean, I, I understand that, right? So the next step, you keep talking about impact and I'm, I'm really curious, you, what did you break it down to, Dave? Uh, insight, discovery and impact? Yes. And so, so talk to me. Yeah. What is it? What are we yeah, doing? I, and something that I, I want to make clear when I, I think we talk about uh, a really loaded element like this one, um, not, this is not typically done in one meeting, um, depending on w- what you're selling or, or who you're talking to. Uh, this could very well be, um, you know, a series of meetings or, you know, honestly, you know, months of conversation. So it's a lot to unpack if you're trying to cram uh, this into, you know, a, a single event. Um, but what I mean really by that insight, discovery and, and impact, you know, it, it happens throughout the sales cycle. And this is where you're really trying to make that transition 
you where you're you're gaining trust, but this is how you really solidify it along the way. Um, when you're gaining insight from the customer, you've you know through either the pre-work or through you know some some really solid um, conversations, you're you're starting to understand the challenges that they're going through. You're starting to understand um, you know really what you're trying to solve. And again, why why are we good for them? And not so much, why are they just good for us? Um, and then that kind of leads into further discovery. I, I mentioned it, you know, a couple minutes ago. You know, a lot of times early in the conversation or in the first, you know, even couple of meetings, we're really getting more surface level challenges and in, in what it is affecting. What we're not really understanding is, you know, really the impact um, that it's having in their business you know, in their, in their personal aspect of their business world. And, you know, what, what is that challenge, you know, truly causing from, um, you know, business perspective, you know, and as you're doing that gap analysis, as you're looking at it, you know, you're not looking to solve a problem of, you know, you're, you're empty here. So we're going to fill it there. It's more trying to gain an understanding of you're empty here. And that emptiness is causing, um, challenge A, which then bleeds into B and C and so forth to where, you know, it's, it's really, um, that's what they're trying to solve. And, you know, being empty in slot A, you know, the, the sure filling it, you know, solves it. Um, but is it really? And so this gives you a chance to, through that further discovery, uh, you know, especially, you know, I, I feel very fortunate to work for an organization that has um, a suite of services that can really help to, you know, shape and, and, and impact an organization's business. You know, so if, if we just stop at the initial insight, you know, we're not um, doing our, our own organization a favor, but we're not doing the organization that we're trying to help a favor. You know, so really understanding those business impacts and how it's rippling through the organization is going to help us um, put together a better solution and a better offering, you know, to, to truly, you know, solve the, the problem that they're, they're having, right? So, you know, again, empty, empty seat is, is an element of the issue, but more often than not, we, we need to look and try to understand how, how we're really trying to solve the true problems. It sounds like uh, one of those, you know, don't treat the symptom, treat the cause. Scenarios. Exactly. Exactly. And, I, and, and we do it a lot. I do it. I'm so guilty of it so many times. And, you know, as we you know, go through, a, a, you know, a sales win or a loss and we, you know, we really try to look at it or, or we discover it, you know, down the road. We have a great partnership. They love us. We love them. Um, but we start to understand and, and we can't always figure it all out on the front end. Um, you know, but it, it, it makes you kind of take a look back at, uh, the, the process, which, you know, for all intents and purposes was, was fantastic. Um, we still missed some areas and, you know, we, we could have saved, uh, that organization, you know, some time, maybe some, some heartache, um, by being able to apply it a little bit earlier on in the solution. Yeah. It's truly partnering with the organization when you can deeply understand, you know, the causes of, of the problems. And, and I'm, I'm like, I couldn't agree with you more. And something that I keep thinking about, uh, you know, with, with my career and my expertise in, in the sales end is, you know, a lot of the time people don't realize that 
that sales professional, you know, you are essentially an expert in hearing these problems, right? You hear these problems uh, happen all the time. I, I'll actually use a quick example here. I, when I worked uh, for Stryker back in the healthcare field. So this is healthcare for you, Dave, right? So, you know, I, I was in the operating room with doctors day in and day out, and uh, we used to do trauma cases, right? Well, trauma cases, uh, you know, for the on-call doc, especially at a community hospital, is something that they don't see all the time, right? They, they'll, they'll do a trauma case, you know, once in a once in a blue moon. So they, they have us there. And I've seen trauma cases day in and day out all the time, right? So I can really be helpful in that case. I can really help uh, talk the doctor through, you know, what I've seen and, and some of the, the pitfalls that have happened on, on cases uh, mm-hmm. that I've encountered, you know, because I've seen so many of them. I can imagine the same things applicable in this scenario. And for most salespeople out there, you're hearing the same challenges in the space over and over and over. Lay out that roadmap for for your prospect or for your customer to help them understand some of the challenges and some of the pitfalls that they might be encountering or some of the additional challenges that the organization might be feeling that that individual might not know about. Absolutely. And, and maybe we should all just start our careers in healthcare because I, I think <laughs> I mean, we can really see I, that's right. I started in home healthcare. Um, and I think that really laid the foundation for a lot of this approach because you know, if, if you're selling something in, you know, those lines of, of work, the, the impact can be really detrimental if your service product, um, you know, doesn't hold up to the end. Um, and you're, you know, you're really just, you know, that, that, um, you know, the, the sales process that we are all trying to avoid, right. You're just trying to get the win, get it, get it secured, bring it on the books. Um, and if you can't deliver with it, uh, you know, the, the effects are, are devastating. So, you know, I, I think it sounds like we both learned those lessons early on. Um, in our career. <laughs> Props to the old medical uh, profession. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I've talked to a few people about this too, and I'll throw it out to you as well, Dave. You know, there's a, there's a shift going on um, that I think we're going to start seeing metrics pop up around this more and more prevalently. To your point around bringing on these customers and getting them on, throwing them across the fence, right? Like, you know, that that mentality is is shifting away very fast. And you have more and more organizations looking at lifetime value of a customer and certainly mm-hmm. the customer retention piece um, as it relates to the rep that brings it on, right? It brings on that deal. So. I think that's a huge piece and a huge uh, part of the equation as we continue to be more customer centric uh, as a as an industry, right? As a B two B industry, um, we we become more customer centric and, and more care goes into aligning our services to the customer's needs. Um, that is something that I think the salespeople out there should really pay attention to and really start thinking about bringing on good business not just bringing on business. Absolutely. I mean, in so for so many reasons, you know, you as a, a sales individual, um, you know, and it is shifting. A lot of times, you know, pe- people aren't sales because, you know, right, you, you make sales, you get commissions, you do well, um, you know, but more and more, you know, it is tied to a, a longevity or, or really a true value in, in what, you know, 
the business that you're in. But but more importantly, um, at least you know in in what we're starting to see, and depending on what you're selling, there's some really large companies out there that do a lot of things. And if you're looking at it, you know, very narrowly or short focused, um, you could be it's it's one customer, but you could be losing out on the equivalent of, of 10 to 15. Um, and it is certainly a lot harder to gain new customers than it is to uh, grow with uh, a customer or in partner and, you know, really um, have a lasting relationship like that. And, and more often than not. I think, you know, that the customer is would be willing it, if they could see it and outline it and, and measure it and feel it nowadays, um, you know, pay uh, the, the premium or or, you know, a, a, a more than fair wage and price to the organization to 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 feel like they have that partnership and to know that um, it's going to be a, a lasting one and it's not a short sighted one. Um, in in either side's favor, really. Why do you, why do you think, Dave? That like why do you think salespeople don't always do that? Like why are we why are we in this spot where um, we're wondering? You know, they, they don't explore fully with the with the client. They don't try to uh, you know deeply understand their needs. And and you know what we're talking about essentially you know, serving a, a client more holistically rather than just a, a point solution, right? Is it, is it a skill issue? Is it a, an effort issue? What is it? Uh, you know, I, I think it's so situational. I think in, in some instances, you're probably going to have, um, <clears throat> you know, maybe some sales leadership uh, that is putting some, some pressure uh, that, you know, just really the, the pressure and the quotas um, and the expectations aren't really well suited for what's going to be good for the organization. I, I, I think you see that sometimes. Um, and I, I think a lot of it, too, is, is a mentality. I think some, some salespeople just have I've got to win mentality. Um, and in the short run, you know, it can look really good. But in the long run, you know, it, it doesn't really serve anyone. Um, you know, Again, I, I feel pretty fortunate to be in a in a great organization that is extremely sales and results focused. Um, but I have some pretty great you know leadership as well that understands that we do want to bring on lasting partnerships in good business, um, and that it's going to make sense to uh, you know treat it as that and not just um, you know we've got to make this chart go up uh, because it's flat right now. <laughs> Yeah, that's. Uh, I would agree with you. I think management plays a really big role in that. Yeah, sales management sense. is is tough. I mean, you we see it a lot. Um, you know, you're a good salesperson, so you get promoted sometimes. Um, and not all great salespeople make great sales managers. You know, it's it's a. I think it's a tough um, role. You know, in a lot of uh, respects, uh, to be a really great sales manager. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely not the same skill set. Um, okay, makes sense. So I think what, what did we cover? We covered pre pre sales work. We've covered the insight, the discovery, the impact. You you mentioned validation as the last piece. Did we hit that or no? We we I think we touched on it a little bit, you know, through conversation. But I, I think it's a it's an easy one to revisit real quick. Um, you know, the the validation part is really, you know, 
a segment I would encourage everyone to do before, you know, you're actually closing the sale. Um, you know, I think it's going to um, make sure the sale goes, goes through for sure, if it's supposed to, um, but also, you know, ensures that, you know, you're probably going to have a better implementation. You're better, probably going to have a better experience down the road. And so the validation part is really kind of recapturing everything that you've, you've gone over and from a, um, a challenge perspective, the problem you're trying to solve perspective, the solution perspective, and, and going back with the customer to say, you know, do you really feel this is going to make an impact? Or, you know, as we go through it, is there anything that um, you really don't feel is necessary? Or is there an area that you're not all comfortable with that maybe we need to revisit? And really just taking a pause, um, you know, before you are, uh, you know, really solidifying, you know, the end of the sale. And I, I know this can, you know, the blood pressure is maybe rising on a number of, of sales individuals saying, you know, yeah, hey, let's let's get it closed. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's a it's a really good step uh, to make sure that uh, it, it is the right sell and that, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen to any salesperson is you make a sell. And then, you know, it turns out that the customer, um, you know, needs to pull back or, um, you know, just just something happened at the 11th hour. And a lot of that can be avoided um, and talk through, you know, through making sure you're going through a, a nice validation process. It's like, again, you know, it's just dotting I's, crossing T's, right? It's just good discipline, salesmanship and transparency, I think, is something that we're not saying. But that's kind of what I'm reading through this whole thing. Well, if you're it, not being transparent, you're not achieving authenticity, right? Right, and it's kind of that last step in being authentic, right? And in really, um, you know, showing you know the the relationship and the customer that uh, that's that's just who you are, that's who we are, and and that's probably why we've got a really good shot at. Um, you know, putting together a, a really great solution for you. I love it. You know, one of the things that, that I keep thinking about, you know, in terms of the authenticity piece um, is, is not just the transparency, but it's, it keeps going back to the shortcomings spot. And I, I think there's a lot of listeners that, especially newer sales folks that want to promise uh, the sun, the moon, and the stars with their solution. And and I just like to say, like, I can't tell you how many great customers I've been able to support over the years by telling them where my solution stops, yeah. you know, telling them exactly where it's going to fall short or how they're looking at it with my solution might not be the best fit. And, and I've, you know, I've walked away from, from deals on the sales end, you know, steering them toward even competitors where I think that their solution is going to be a better fit, but they... They nine times out of ten they come back, Dave. You yeah. know they they come back and they say, you know what, uh, we need the partnership. We want to understand it better. We we want to look at it the right way. Whatever it happens to be, um, that trust is is gained through moments like that. You're absolutely right, and they they not only come back in a lot of instances, but they also refer people that trust them to you. Absolutely, it's a small community. All in all, that's so true. 
I love it. Well, I, I mean, we covered the meat and potatoes. Is there anything that we missed that we should be hitting on? Um, I'm sure there is, Mark. I mean, it is such a <laughs> yeah, um, really great topic. And, you know, I'm sure you and I and, and you know, I would love to continue the conversation with really anyone who, who wanted to talk to me. Um, it's, and it's that's great. I mean, great where, where should they be reaching out to to you, Dave? Because I, I know, you know, this is incredibly passionate to you and and me as well. I mean, what's a good medium for them to get in contact with you? Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn is is a great avenue of without a doubt. Um, always open to, you know, have a have a connection, have a chat, have you know, really. I wish LinkedIn was more of that actually, to where it was truly a uh, a business social network that we all communicated and and really could you know, especially talking sales is fun. Or, or talking, you know, really anything business related is fun. So I'd welcome you know any of. Uh, communication in that medium. I think I have some other uh, ways to contact me uh, listed there as well. Yeah, perfect. And and as you know, on Sunny Side Up, we always ask Dave, you know, who is a couple people that we should uh, we should be bringing on? Who should do this? Yeah, so you know, I, I I'd like to tag uh, a, a good friend of mine who's been you know pretty incredibly successful. Um, in the world of, of PR and, and agency work, his name's Brian Metcalf, CEO of Green Room Agency. I think he'd be a great guest for you guys. Excellent. We um, will absolutely tag him on it. Yeah. And then also a former colleague of mine, uh, Nate Rudin, who is currently serving as um, a vice president over at AMN Healthcare, um, I think would also bring a lot of value to you know the podcast and your listeners. I love it. I love it. Nate and Brian, both you guys have been called out. That's perfect. <laughs> Dave, it was an absolute pleasure, man. I, I, I think we should do this soon. We should have you back on. I'm totally up for it. Awesome, really appreciate well, thank it. Thank you. Again. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.